favorite next storyteller. It's next storyteller. Your next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Hello and welcome to The Narrators. This podcast collects stories from our live events where people share true stories based on a theme. Our next story comes from actor, author, Denver Moth Grand Slam champion, storytelling teacher, and all-around hilarious person, Matthew Taylor. Matthew is also the author of the fantastic book, Goat Lips, Tales of a Lapsed Englishman, which tells stories of him moving from his tiny sailing village in England to this side of the pond. In his most recent appearance at The Narrators, Matthew shared this story about a meet-cute gone wrong. This story was recorded live at Buntport Theatre on January 15th, 2020. The theme of the evening was vision. So I have kind of the, uh, the pathetic admission of the fact that I have never, ever asked anybody to dance. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> exactly. I mean, woman, guy, dog, doesn't matter. I never. And so basically that made dating for me pretty hard because that's kind of the classic start and and so if I ever was approached by somebody else I would work really hard to make it happen and it didn't happen very often but when it did I would work really hard so uh, I'd broken up with a I had two five-year relationships one in England and, and then one in America uh, which was great because it meant I had 10 glorious years of not actually having to try and date or do anything like that. So I'd just broken up with Patty, who was, who was the, the, the five-year relationship here in, in America. And so I found myself late at night in uh, the Marquee nightclub in Boulder. And I was like, I'm going to, this is going to be different. I'm going to do the talk, chat. I'm going to dance, ask people to dance. And, and, and the biggest trouble was most places where you ask people to dance, there's also a bar. <laughs> And I was far more comfortable asking a bartender for a drink than I ever was asking a girl for a dance. So at, at 12.30 at night here in the marquee, I was just sitting there with, by myself with a drink. And then this girl just popped up and sat down next to me. And she just started talking to me as if like we knew each other. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And, and it wasn't that kind of usual kind of chit chat stuff. There was substance to it. And, and she was like, she would tilt her head and her hair would like bounce around and, 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 and she would listen to me. And I was like, whoa, that doesn't happen too often. And, and I was like, this could be Mrs. Wright. And then all of a sudden she grabbed my hand, she takes me out on the dance floor and we dance. And, and I'm like, this is awesome. I'm introduced to her friends and I don't even really kind of notice that because to me, there's really only two people in the entire room, me and her. And then all of a sudden the lights go on and all the bright lights come on, the music stops and it's the end of the night. And plus, you know, we also had to look around the room and go, shit, when we were sober, we decided we were going to spend the entire night in a dump. <laughs> and, and it was like, and so she runs over to her friends and she's chatting and they're doing that thing where you, you desperately want to avoid doing, you know, that total party failure, which would be go home and go to sleep. <laughs> Because we all know that, you know, sleeping is only for people who want to feel great in the morning. <laughs> so you wouldn't do it. So she comes running back up to me and she goes, oh, you know what? A group of us are going to go to the Boulder Reservoir and swim. Do you want to come? And my first thought is, damn it. Why didn't I bring my swimming things? And, uh, which I cleverly, I cleverly kept inside me. And my, uh, my outdoor voice was actually, oh, great, let's go. So the next minute, I am crammed with like these six strangers and this woman of my dreams, like in a dodge dart, speeding in the dark towards the Boulder Reservoir. And me knowing the whole time, when we get there, 
I'm going to be expected to take all my clothes off and jump into the inky black water. And, and so I'm very quiet. I just sit there and I'm thinking, and, and everybody else in the car is thinking about it, and it's like, why? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So this awkward silence is, is broken when we arrive, and we open the door, and people get out, and all these people are going, they're going, oh, wow, it's beautiful. Or what an incredible night. And, and I get out, and I look, and it is absolutely bloody beautiful. I mean, the Boulder Reservoir like, just lays out in front of us, and it, there isn't a breath of wind, and it's completely flat. And then there's the dark water, and then the white sand that is in contrast, and there's this massive full moon. And the light from the full moon is like skates right across towards us, as if it's like, it's like nature's way of like inviting you in. And I'm sitting there going, this is a perfect night. And I see this young lady and I'm like, oh, this is a perfect, perfect night. And then somebody goes, okay, go. And we all charge right with this great gusto down to the beach. We're right, right down at the front of, and we get there and then all the gusto kind of evaporates. <laughs> and it, we all know what's expected, but nobody really wants to strip and then dip. And, and we're all talking about it. So I'd, I'd skinny dipped quite a few times. And with that, I'd come up with a, a completely foolproof technique for skinny dipping. And by the way, anytime you say foolproof, you probably should just put the word not kind of in front of it. <laughs> but, but mine was a really simple plan. Be first. <laughs> There's a professional skinny dipper. <laughs> now, now, this philosophy works on a couple of, couple of ways. Um, number one, you strip, you run in. Everybody looks at you and it's like, wow, you're that brave, wild, risk-taking kind of guy everybody wants to involve in. But they're also all looking at the brave, wild, risk-taking guy from behind. <laughs> Which presents what I like to describe as a plain buttock view. Which is kind of similar for most people. Buttocks are buttocks. And, and if you think about it, there's a hell of a lot less chit-chat about buttocks. I mean, it, it, it's, it's really rare that people are like, oh, golly, gosh, look at those, what fantastic buttocks that person has. It's like, you just don't hear that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, yeah. but the other thing is, by going in first, basically you're under the waterline. So you're pretty much fully clothed almost instantly, you know, albeit in a kind of chilly, watery gown. And, and then you can kind of bob around and you can shout encouragement to people and have a little look if that's your ilk. So first is kind of definitely the way. So with this in mind, I kind of, I, I glanced around and I was like, oh shit, I'm with professionals. Because everybody had gone, it's a me first moment. And they were like, and they were way advanced on me on the old clothes removal department. So I start trying to struggle out of my clothes and I'm doing it. I look and there she is right next to me. And clothes are just like falling off her body. And I'm like tugging and pulling and trying to get everything down and got my feet all stuck and should have taken the bloody shoes off first. And, and, and all those little errors. But, but I knew I had to be first because I knew my, my relationship would depend on it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we're naked. And I mean, off we go. I mean, we are just galloping down the little shallow sand towards it, just 
absolute neck and neck. And then we hit the shallow waters and we are traveling quick enough that we are going to be in the big water within seconds. And I accelerate through. And as we kind of push on through, we keep going. And it's like any moment, like any time now, we're just going to get engulfed in all this water. But the problem was when? I mean, we'd already been running for like 10 minutes and... (laughs) It would be 10 seconds, actually. <laughs> 10 minutes would be a really long time to be running. But we are running for like 10 seconds, and we were still only up to our ankles. And so I kind of accelerated, and she's accelerated, and we are still like right there. We're just like, mm, we're cruising along, and I'm like, we are just going to get engulfed right now. The water's going to just gush over the top of us. And, and, and then I, I and, the, and it's still like eight inches. And, and, and so we just... We just keep going, and, and, and 10 seconds is a very, very long time when you're naked. <laughs> so I really accelerated at this point, and at like 25 seconds in, we're about 30 yards into the reservoir right now, and it's still about eight inches of water. And at this point, I have this like horrifyingly sick and desperate feeling kind of just wash all over me, because I've worked it out. And I'm realizing that we are running on an incredibly inconveniently placed sandbar. (laughs) So the word clothing um, dates back to the something times. And um, (laughs) it's a good word. I like it. Um, But I'd like to take this opportunity of trying to improve on the word clothing. Um, And what I would like to do is maybe substitute the word clothing for jiggle stoppers. Because that's kind of what it does. I mean, it, it really is. It, it, the human body, if left au naturel, only needs a really small amount of movement to jiggle. Now, where it jiggles varies, I mean, considerably. I mean, you know, uh, male jiggle areas are different from female jiggle areas, and big people jiggle in different places than little people, and old people definitely jiggle in different places than young people. But the fact remains the same. We all jiggle all the time, if not contained. (laughs) So it only makes sense to don jiggle stoppers, otherwise the world's gonna just kind of spin and spiral into some kind of crazy jiggle fest. Um, So as I entered into my 46th second of running naked across a sandbar with total strangers, two things became really, really clear to me. Um, The first was uh, that old sentimental ballad, By the Light of the Silvery Moon, bore absolutely no relationship to tonight. The full moon hanging majestically, like right in the sky, was acting uh, more like a halogen lamp. (laughs) Needless to say, visibility was not a problem. And the second thing, jiggling. At first, I became acutely aware of my own jiggle. And as I started to look around a little bit, just to see if anybody was noticing, of course, uh, it was impossible for me not to notice other people's jiggles. (laughs) Well, if I'm noticing theirs, they are surely noticing mine. So still running at full speed, I started to use my hand as a jiggle stopper. (laughs) Now, it, is, it slowed me down a little bit, but 
uh, it was odd. I mean, that kind of restriction was oddly comforting. And I looked across, and there next to me was this woman of my dreams, and she was also actually operating kind of a similar kind of a way. So we were now 100 yards into the reservoir <laughs> at the grand old depth of 12 inches. Our sprint was now more of a kind of a slowish jog. And when I hit the 13-inch depth mark, it was good enough for me. And I just ground to this hideously slow stop and then sunk my humbled body into its 13 inches of coverage. Everybody kind of followed suit, and soon all of us were laying on the silt on our backs with our heads stuck up at right angles. Uh, the water was cold, the moon bright. There was no talking. <laughs> I, I think we were all considering the return journey a little bit too much to enjoy this really special moment. And uh, I looked across like the chilled surface of the water towards my girlfriend. And our eyes met, and we both shivered, and she gave me a, a weak smile. And without a single word being spoken, we broke up. <laughs> The Narrators is produced by me, Aaron Rollman, and Ron Doyle, with help from Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, Scott Carney, and Sydney Crane. Karen edited this episode. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Buntport Theatre Company, Illegal Pete's, From the Hip Photo, and Great Divide Brewing Company. Our theme music is by Whale Hawk, and we would also like to thank Mega Gem, who provided the outro music you are listening to right now. You can find a link to their music in the show notes for this episode. Our live shows take place every third Wednesday of the month. You can find more information about those shows on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at our website, thenarrators.org. If you can, please take a moment to rate and review our podcast or share it with a friend. That really helps people find us. We'll be back next Friday with a new episode. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>